welcome back to yet another episode of Sartario Splendor. Assalamu alaikum. I am joined by two more people that miraculously agreed to come on here with me. Uh, I don't know why my dumbass keeps getting people to come on here, but I do. I just cursed again. Sorry. This is just the right episode for me to start cursing, isn't it? I was supposed to have more. Basleem <laughs> is on with me, and I just cursed right out of the gate. I am doing fabulous. <laughs> Joining me, now they're probably regretting it, is Sonia. Hi. Um, I'm Sonia, and you can find me on Instagram at Scent and Skin. And... Um... That's the only social media handle I have currently. And I am also joined by Jennifer Latifa. Hi, Assalamu alaikum. And you can find me on Instagram, Perfume Collection and Reviews, or on YouTube under Jennifer Latifa, L-A-T-I-F as in Frank, A, no H at the end. And again, I know you're probably already regretting it, but thank you for joining me. We're recording no, a little bit all. late tonight, so um, my brain is already shutting down, unfortunately. <laughs> I have to work at 5.30 in the morning, so I apologize so many times over for what's going to happen today. <laughs> I'm sorry that I kept you girls up late. It was my fault because I had to put the kids to bed so I could actually have some quiet time. <laughs> Oh, we, we totally understand. I'm just glad we we're able to make this work. I'm glad I was able to do a second episode. Um, this is the second episode. The first episode, uh, we did one with Manahil and Amina. And, you know, we had a really good discussion. And I'm really excited to kind of keep this discussion going, um, especially just because, you know, a lot of people have opinions about Muslims in particular in fragrance, and especially about Muslim women in fragrance. And you know, I don't like all of the opinions, and then some of the opinions are just fun to explore, and then just kind of t- sharing the experience as well. So I'm glad that you guys were able to. I keep saying you guys, you're both women. What am I doing tonight? <laughs> I think it might be a California thing because we say you guys a lot here. I have noticed that. I originally grew up in Oklahoma, and I go back home and I keep saying you guys instead of y'all. And my parents are just like, what are you doing? Yeah, um, it's, it's a you guys California thing, I think. Okay, I'll take that. Uh, but I am very happy that you were both able to come on here tonight. And I'm excited to Thanks kind of have- Thanks for having us. Mm-hmm. That's great. Discussion. I'm so excited. Yeah, me too. Um, before we really get kicked off, I meant to do this with Kia. If you guys listened to that episode, I, I said it again. I'm going to be just saying you guys all night. Um, we did a uh, scent check. So I want to see what y'all, there we go, are wearing. So I'm wearing um, Dior, Gris Dior tonight. That's a nice one. So I'm wearing. It's a bomb. Ooh, I need to to get my hands on it. I'm wearing Sunday by by Ariel Shoshana. I put it on earlier today. Now I'm just kind of. Wow, I haven't heard that one either. I haven't even heard of it. Have you heard of Gris Dior? Uh, I have. I have heard of Grey Dior, but I've never tried it. Um, but Sunday is really nice. It's like matcha and rice milk and that kind of vibe. It's really nice. Oh, I need my nose on that one then too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you wearing tonight? I am wearing Hyrax for a zoologist. Oh, oh wow. Brave. Do you like those animalic kind of smells? I don't normally, but John and I were going to do a joint review of that fragrance for the site so we both got a sample of it and we were like well it's hyracium we have to try it and i had promised amina i would be like i'll try more animalics and Mm. um it's actually really nice Mm. i was very surprised at how nice this is it's very complex um it still kind of smells a little bit like cat pee but it's very nice (laughs) i have chameleon from zoologist chameleon is very beautiful Oh, I think it's beautiful. It smells like basically the way that they explain it. Imagine if you're in Madagascar Mm -hmm. and you have all these tropical fruits and you're kind of, it's very like a chameleon. It kind of evolves and changes. It's like for a minute, you kind of feel like you're in this like rainforest type place, but then you smell the fruits along with it. And I don't know, it's just changing it. It's a chameleon and it's beautiful. Nice. Sounds so awesome. do you two and have... Amina is so awesome too, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I, I appreciate her nose. I wish that I loved more animalic scents and I could I feel like hopefully my nose will evolve. I think she has a 
more of a mature nose than than most do or you know because I see people after they've been into fragrance for a very long time that they start to really love and enjoy those animalic scents Mm -hmm. I think it honestly just depends um I think maybe you don't necessarily love them but you can appreciate them for the blending that they are right I do appreciate them absolutely Mm -hmm. yes so I do you smelled t- mostly the whole zoologist line when I went mm-hmm. to scent bar one day. So do you two have like specific fragrance types you gravitate towards or are you kind of all across the spectrum? Um, I kind of have a type. Uh, animalics are still a little bit hard for me. Um, I tend to like gourmands, like floral, ambery things, spicy things, um, fruity things somewhat. I'm starting to find some ouds here and there that I like, but I feel like ouds remind me a little bit of like, like my parents or my in-laws or something. So it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a really traditional smell. So I feel like I've been picking up on ones that are a little bit more modern or different or unique. So those have kind of been making their way into my collection, but I'm, I feel like I'm definitely not a mature nose at all. <laughs> so pretty, pretty basic for me. My favorites are Oriental Vanilla. I love everything that has vanilla in it, basically. Well, I mean, as long as there's not too much like civets or something that's not blended mm-hmm. the right way, there's not too much animalic quality with it. And then I love oriental florals, oriental spicy, anything that has that, like, like you, she said, that amber or those, that base, like with the amber and the vanilla or the tonka bean or the patchouli. I love patchouli as well. Um, I do love oud, but I have to be in a mood for it. It has to be like a very cold day. And, you know, I can't, or if I'm going to go out and do something really fancy, like eat party or something, mm-hmm. you know, then where I know I'm going to have to compete on fragrances, mm. you know, yeah. because I want to be smelled and moving into that and women, Muslims, <laughs> you know, Muslims, <laughs> us not supposed to wear fragrance in public, you know, Shaitan knows how to mess with us anyways. And he's always going to go to those things that we love. And I don't know. I just wear it. And I'm, I don't foresee myself right now not wearing it out in mm-hmm. public, personally. I mean, I is- love it. I enjoy it. I smell it. I collect it. It brings nostalgia. My parents are dead. It reminds me of them. It does a lot for me. It calms me. It relaxes me. I have anxiety. Mm-hmm. And it just... I can just keep going and going and going at what fragrance does for me, you know? And uh, I'm, I don't know. I'm just obsessed really. Well, and also I really do think it depends on context. And this is something that Manahil brought up. Um, the, the prophet, peace be upon him. The wall was, was, a, was a big fan of fragrance. And if you, you look at the verses, I think that people love to throw out, there's a context behind them, especially of like, if you are a woman trying to start like tempt married men, mm-hmm. then right. it's not okay. And I think everybody is like, well, there's some context in here that y'all are just really ignoring. I don't wear perfume when I go to the masjid or something like that, where I know there's going to be a lot of other Muslims around or, or something. I also have tattoos mm-hmm. and I got those before I converted to Islam or reverted to Islam, you know? So I make sure I, well, I cover them anyways, but uh, I'll make sure that I wear socks in the masjid so they don't see the ones on my feet. Whereas to um, a California girl, I wear sandals. I wear flip-flops a lot. You know, I go to the beach and I don't wear socks like that, you know? So, but I also, like you said, the context of it too, I do it for me, you know, and yeah. that's it, you know. I don't know. I think even when when you see all these other, like, memes and posts and stuff like that, for instance, like, with women wearing makeup and stuff, it's always said, like, you know, you'll see all the memes where it'll say, oh, you know, we're not wearing makeup for you. We wear it for us or we'll wear it to compete with the other women or something like that. So really, honestly, like, we don't really care what the guys think anyways, 
yeah. they might think we do, but we really don't. It, it truly Generally, is for other women. We don't care. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of uh, a lot of Muslim people also forget the opposite, which is it's in Islam you're encouraged to not smell bad either. Like you're mm-hmm. not supposed to go to the masjid like stinking or smell like with right. bad breath. You know, it's distracting for other people. So like, yeah, maybe maybe you specifically don't want to wear fragrance or you advocate for not wearing fragrance, but it's also, you're also not supposed to, you know, you're supposed to be conscious of your hygiene and, and what smells you are putting off on other people. So honestly, I feel like I lean more towards it's, it's acceptable to smell good. Whereas like, you know, smelling bad, I feel like is more of a, more of an issue. And, and that's then, gonna get you more probably that that too will draw attention. Like mm-hmm. the amount of aunties I know that, like w- when I go to masjid, the amount of aunties that are wearing just very bold scents, mm-hmm. like they obviously do not give a darn. <laughs> They're wearing it for them. It's like you know they've entered the masjid because you can smell them before you see them. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah and sure. when I get to that age, I'll probably do it too. But we're looked at as younger Muslims. Mm-hmm. We are. They Mm -hmm. watch us hard. The aunties watch us. Mm -hmm. Do they not? They do. Mm -hmm. And you know what's going back to how you said about the the hadith too, about the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, peace be upon him. He um, said that the three best things in life are women, prayer, and the the coolness of my eyes is the, or excuse me, women, perfume, and the coolness of my eyes is prayer. So really the two best things in life are women and perfume. And there was this woman, there was another hadith where there's this woman and she didn't have any perfume for her wedding day. Did you hear about this hadith? No, I haven't heard this one. No. So because he, in his favorite, in another hadith, he, his favorite fragrance is musk. Mm-hmm. So he, she said, you know, uh, I don't have any perfume and it is my wedding day. So he gave a piece of his sweat or a, a bottle of little, some drops of his sweat and she wore it on her wedding day and you could smell the musk through the whole entire house and they could smell it for days and days and days. Wow. That's so interesting. I haven't heard that one. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, look at, he even gave a woman some perfume for her wedding day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I feel like, um, like even just like throughout the ages, like, like Muslim civilization has always had a tradition of perfumery. Like it was at the forefront of perfumery. It was so important. And it was like, it was an art, but I feel like it, it, just like Jennifer said, it's, I feel like you're, when there are people that are judging you for, for wearing these things, it's usually the older generation. And I feel like they kind of just, it's usually addressed towards younger Muslim because like they, I don't know if in their mind they feel like we're, you know, we're coming to put on a show at the masjid or like, oh, you're young, therefore you're here to attract people or you're here to like cause fitna or something. But, you know, nobody bats an eye towards an older lady wearing really, really strong, you know, fragrance or anything like that. It's usually, I feel like that that attention is usually addressed to younger people because I feel like they, people like to nit, nitpick, you know, what the younger generation is doing. I can honestly say I have never been nitpicked by the aunties for what I've worn as a fragrance. I mean, most of it is reserved for like, they've seen my disaster attempts at cooking. So it's all (laughs) like, they have bigger fish to fry metaphorically, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll wear it too. Uh, Like on Eid, I'll wear perfume on to the masjid on Eid for sure. Mm -hmm. But like just I was just talking like generally like while we're fasting or when we go to break fast at the masjid or something like that. I didn't really wear it throughout the day. And I'm not Mm -hmm. trying to get fixed up to go break my fast anyways, you know. No, I'll wear like non-alcoholic fragrance. You were right about that too, though, like where they think we want to put on a show or do something, but they don't about an eye at at aunties, you know, Mm -hmm. they don't do that. But the aunties are the ones that are the most, you know, stubborn on us. And another thing, point two is like how you were saying they, the, like the way that things are evolving. I think that the older generation has not evolved with us too. some, Mm -hmm. right. So that's why too, I mean, 
and who knows when you get older you get tired of things you know and we go through phases too you know so i don't know but i know for me perfume is not a phase it's something that's like deeply rooted in me my mom collected collected it i collected i always had you know a decent amount of perfumes ever since i was like 11 12 13 years old you know mm -hmm. and i'm also a revert to islam you know so that's it's different for me and i i already gave up a lot of things and I, and can i give up more things mm -hmm. i i try not to do those things like like i say if i'm fasting or something i don't wear it but other than that i i do and i love it and i have seen a beautiful part of the fragrance community which is such a beautiful community they're so supportive and i have seen such beautiful muslimas and muslim men as well alike in the community and they only are so positive and reinforcing reinforcing each other and not encouraging each other to do some fitna or something like that where i mean i don't look at it that way because we love each other, you know, we love each other. And if I know if Manahil, for instance, seen me doing something bad and acting out of character, she would come to me directly, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we love each other anyways. We're brothers and sisters, you know, and I have met some good people within the community and I feel very calm, you know, probably mm -hmm. calmer than before. So I'm very happy with where I'm at and what I'm doing right now. I think it's interesting you say, like, for you, you choose not to wear it when you're fasting. Like, I, for me, it was a choice. Like, I wear alcohol-free fragrance if I'm going to, oh, that's like, smart. That's masjid smart. or, like, during Ramadan. I'll, mm -hmm. I'll, I make sure I choose something that's alcohol-free. Which, speaking of, like, this is something we talked about in another episode as well. But, like, there's this misconception. Sonia, have you heard this? This misconception mm -hmm. of Muslims can't wear fragrance because it has alcohol in it so ergo alcohol is haram and you'll get drunk on it yeah you know i've i've heard that and it seems like some people um interpret it a little bit more strictly and some don't i mean alcohol evaporates really fast it's really volatile so it's in my skincare too you know it's in a lot of products that we don't even realize it's in you know and it's designed to not stay there long it's it's usually like because I, I my other hobby is skincare and there's a huge debate about alcohol and skincare too because i see all that nor on you yeah yeah <laughs> it's supposed to it's supposed to be um drying for your skin the thing is alcohol is usually just a carrier of things and it evaporates really fast so i'm just i don't really pay any mind to it but i know i i respect that some people you know are, are a little bit more strict about it. And that's fine too. There are so many really amazing oils out there, perfume oils and um, solid perfumes and things like that. But I, I have, I have seen this debate before. For me personally, it's when like non-Muslims are trying to say Muslims can't do X. Yeah. And I'm like, we're not drinking it. <laughs> I'm not popping the spout off and chugging a bottle of Hyrax. <laughs> I don't want to die. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're not going to get drunk off of it. It's not that kind of alcohol. Yeah. Yeah, some people, I think, that are more strict on some things and then some things not. I think we all have our things that maybe we're strict at and some things that maybe we're not. You always have Muslims, you know, that daily, they say, oh, you know, I drink alcohol, I do this and I do that, but I don't eat pork. We all have our own things that we do or we don't do, you know, and that's just how life goes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, that's one of the things we talk about um, on That's Haram that I've talked about with Sahar. You know, there are as many different, quote unquote, schools or way of Islam mm -hmm. as there are pretty much breathing. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's something like if you're a non-Muslim, I know this is something a lot of people don't maybe understand. They kind of think it's like monolithic. And yeah. it's the same thing if you're not a Christian. I could see why you would think it's monolithic. But there's all sorts of like in Christianity, it's denominations. So there's yes. multiple denominations. And in, you know, Islam, it's there's multiple schools. Yeah. So, you know, if you're coming into this as like, I'm interested in X fragrances. I'm ex interested in, in learning about this culture. You need to understand it's not, the fragrances aren't monolithic. 
the cultures aren't monolithic. There's no one Muslim culture. You know, there's right. no one Muslim yeah. school. So really it's an opportunity to kind of go on an endless learning adventure. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like sometimes the, the other thing that's forgotten is um, just like everybody else, Muslims also just have, you know, free will and preferences. Like, I feel like, you know, if you look at any other religion or like practicing Christians or practicing Jews, sometimes some people have individual beliefs too, like or individual preferences or things that they in their mind chose to follow or not follow. And that's the same thing with Islam. Like there are, there are clear rules that we're supposed to be following and stuff, but there are also, you know, like, like Jennifer said, some people are stricter about certain things and some people have personal beliefs that they'll mix in. And it's kind of just, but I I find that Muslims tend to get lumped into that, like, Oh, you're this or you're that, or you follow only this or you follow only that. But you know, at the end of the day, we're all individuals and some people are just like leaning towards, you know, some people lean towards different things. I was like, there's well, that stereotype I've seen of like all, all Muslims wear oud, you know, mm-hmm. and like it, that's highly cultural. That's highly, mm-hmm. highly cultural. Um, I didn't, I'm, I'm a revert. I, I know I told Sani, it's like, I reverted just like three and a half, four years ago. I was recent before then I was like super Christian, like seminary school level Christian. So obviously I don't have the cultural background to be like all up in the oud. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Jennifer, I don't, I could be wrong. I don't think you have a cultural background that's maybe just like all about Oud either, unless that was something no, your parents... Not at all. And, but Oud is very big in Arabian culture, but per- mm-hmm. culture, but perfume in general is very big in Arabian culture because I know a lot of Arabs that are out there in Dubai and Qatar and those countries that don't like Oud. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So again, it's like, there's, there's not a monolith. And if you approach it to, it's a monolith, if X equals Y here, then X must equal Y for everybody. And that's not the case. Like X could equal, you know, like 57 for somebody. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's crazy because, um, the funny thing about Oud is that like, um, you know, it, it, it didn't even originate in the Middle East. Like people don't realize there's Oud is actually like one of the biggest um, importers of Oud is Japan. Like they use it in their temples in the incenses that they burn in their temples. And like, mm-hmm. you know, there's, it's just kind of funny. And if, and like Jennifer said, like, you know, some, some like Middle Eastern people, they've, Oud is sort of a traditional smell. So some people just don't like it or they're like, oh, well, this is like a this is old people smell. Even be more traditional for Arabs mm-hmm. than Oud. Yeah. Monk. Yeah, Monk for sure. Way back to the Prophet, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's yeah. Him, then it's Musk. Mm-hmm. So really it's yeah. just I, I would think like the big takeaway is just it's not this monolithic approach of, you know, one size doesn't fit all. So if you mm-hmm. look at it as like this is really an endless learning opportunity and an endless discovery of like Jennifer likes this for ambers and Sonia likes ambers and florals. And, you know, I'm over here with like, I really like fougere and barbershop and like, um, Mm -hmm. boozy scents. So, you know, everybody has different avenues of things that you can learn from each other and share from each other. And it's not just like, Oh, she's a Muslim. She must like this. (laughs) Right. Right. Mm -hmm. They always look at me and say, you're white and Muslim. Like they don't get it. If I'm not from, they think I'm from Syria automatically or something like that. The amount of crap. In a Muslim just said that to me last night. The amount of crap as a revert. (laughs) Yeah, this this is Jennifer and I having a moment of like, I know. Oh yeah. I mean, I've seen it so many times. Like, well, I'm sure you guys have gotten, um, why do you, why did you keep your name? Why didn't you change your name or something like that? Right. That, those things too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You get a lot of things, you know, mm-hmm. but I mean, even a Muslim last night said to me, she's like, I just can't wrap my mind around it that you're white and Muslim. And I'm like, but you know, Islam, it's like, mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, even just think of like the other countries, there's, there's lots of countries that it's predominantly, you know, 
fair skinned people mm-hmm. that it's a Muslim country. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, look at Indonesia. They're not Arabic. They're not South Asian. They're Indonesian and they're a predominantly Muslim country. Yeah. Right. You know, it's like, I, I'm like, I'm, you have to remind, remind people it's like, again, Islam is not a monolith. It's they're Muslims from all different walks of life. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I get from non-Muslims, especially like white people, they're just like, did you marry a terrorist? And I'm like, why would you ask me that to my face? What (laughs) is wrong with you? Did you, did I get this one a lot? Are you married? Did you convert for your husband? That's like one of the other big questions that I'll get. Like my husband's an atheist. I reverted in spite, like in spite of all that. I didn't revert for a man either. (laughs) It's just. I think especially like as a woman, you there's a lot of uh, weird assumptions, and I'm I'm sure like even if how do I phrase this? Because again, like Sonny and I talked about this, the the term born Muslim really doesn't work because you still ultimately have to choose. It's not just like you're born and you automatically stay Muslim your entire life. But I don't know a good term for it. Mm-hmm. Right? Do you have roots of Islam? I guess, but it's still you know. Yeah. I mean, you can't say culturally Islam because that doesn't work either. Yeah. And, the, you know, I mean, a lot of us, our, our ancestors converted at some point, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I'm South Asian, but South, South Asia wasn't Muslim like the whole time, you know, some, like it was brought over. So if you look maybe a couple, a couple generations down, like it, they probably weren't Muslim either. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, and then we kind of, like, I feel like even within cultures, like, they throw, like, cultural spins on it, and a lot of it isn't really Islamic at all. Like, there's a lot of stuff, there's a lot of, um, like, learning that I had to do and a lot of forgetting of, like, cultural aspects that kind of creep their way in. So, yeah, at the end of the day, yeah, I feel like born, born Muslim maybe doesn't fit 100%. But yeah, Roots of Islam makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, I think really, it's just a matter of, again, and I keep repeating this, we're not a monolith. Mm-hmm. And everybody has like, like Sonia said, everybody is coming into here from like a different background, and bringing different aspects with them. And like Jennifer said, everybody has certain things they're maybe more strict about than not. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm a potty mouth, and I'm not as strict about that as I probably should be, but I don't eat bacon, and I don't drink, so. (laughs) You're working on it. You're working on it. We're all all work in progress, right? Exactly. Um, I did want to get back to some scent stuff uh, fairly quickly. Um, This is something Jennifer and I were talking about. Uh, I know this is a loaded topic that Charlie Hebdo trials are going on. Mm -hmm. And the newspaper publication decided they were going to republish the cartoons with the controversial image of it. And there are very divisive opinions on why did you republish that again? And there are certain people like it's freedom of the press. They always go after people. You should be able to do anything. Otherwise it's tyranny. And then there's the other camp that's like, well, we don't agree with what happened at all, but it's also, it's, it was disrespectful in the first place and it's still disrespectful to publish them now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then, uh, Jennifer Francis first on, uh, yeah, waited in on it. Mm-hmm in support of Charlie Hebdo. And it's just kind of like, why? <coughs> well, but they're friends and he reposted the something from him. You know, I don't even know exactly what happened. Cause I'm not on Twitter, but I had seen screenshots and I was, you know, a lot of people were mad at, at it. I heard about it from multiple people. And so I, uh, emailed Francis de Kirkshans, the, you know, uh, the actual okay. whatever I on on his email, his email through his Instagram page. Mm-hmm. And I asked him kindly to remove it, but I never got any response. But, you know, he's a busy man. So I, you know, Allahu Alam, but I don't know. Wow, you know, I, I had no that, idea any of this was happening. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, it goes back to something I talked about, like I've talked about it in the previous episode. I've talked about it in a couple of episodes of like eth- ethical consumption of, you know, anything we do, but especially in the fragrance world, um, you looked at who was supportive of Black Lives Matter this summer. Mm-hmm. And what does it just take to put it up anyways? You know, well, obviously they've got ties with somebody that's not of color or something, you know, why can mm-hmm. you not just put it up? If you can't deal? even do a simple Instagram post. You can't like even just one black time. your page out for one day. Just yeah. black, black thing up. They don't. They won't lose anything from that post. Like all they have to do, it's it's five. You can't even put up a black square on your Instagram post. Right. Yeah. The most basic bitch thing. Sorry. The yeah. most basic thing you could do, and you can't even do that. Yeah. Right. I mean, but it's crazy that they're willing to lose the black dollar, though. Mm-hmm. And right. that, that kind of shows what or really to hurt feelings or to to lose fans yeah yeah i mean it shows what 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 their priority is they'd rather lose that money than than come out in in support of it you know it, well it, i right. think it shows you where they value like what type of tier your quote-unquote money is on like if you're mm-hmm. a muslim to certain people obviously it's not on the same level as like white western european christian atheist money yeah um you know i'm generalizing here but it's like obviously if you're prioritizing this over being ethical then you're placing people in tiers of how you value them Mm -hmm. right yeah right Or it's it's the same with um you know there are certain houses that do not have very um their ad campaigns are rather chauvinist yeah and I'm like, I'm not going to buy from, pardon me, from that house because that to me shows me what you think of women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's just, and it's something everybody has to decide for themselves. I know there are other people on Instagram that are like really discovering like Bodicea the Victorious and they're like really enjoying their stuff. And I'm like, well, that's okay. But mm-hmm. I, you know, personally for our site, we had like three of their scents that we'd already written down our notes for that we'd already like spent money to get samples of. I'm like, well, we'll review those. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, we're going to put a little post like, this is why we're not going to be reviewing them anymore for the site. Yeah. Because that's our stance. Right. Well, you know, I mean, not it was that they're going to like our reviews anyway, but <laughs> I would think that I, I was just shocked that he did it in the first place, you know, so. I mean, or maybe he didn't realize or he's got to realize. I mean, and even if you made like that mistake and it's like, okay, you take it down uh, or he was thinking like, what? Oh, he's going to ruin his friendship over his some business, a little bit of business. And, oh, that'll pass too. And my stuff is good enough and people keep buying, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm really surprised by the MFK situation though, because I'm pretty sure such a huge portion of his clientele is from the Muslim world. I mean, yeah, especially with Dubai alone, especially with him, like right in France too, because you Mm -hmm. have all the top of Africa right there, Morocco and Mm -hmm. and Tunisia and Egypt and Algeria and all those people right there that travel to France a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And will buy his stuff, you know? Yeah. And like directly alienating a lot of them, a lot of his paying customers. It's it's a little surprising. I definitely need to read up on it because I feel like I've been living under a rock a little bit. It happens maybe like what, like about three weeks ago now? I think it was like two weeks ago. I hadn't known about it either until Jennifer told me about it. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. But I mean, I don't necessarily follow the houses that I like outside of Penhaligans, that's probably, I mean, Penhaligans is my favorite house. I just got a Penhaligans in the mail last week. I got Changing Constance. That is my favorite. (laughs) Sorry, I got excited. I haven't tried anything. I have two. I just got to try all of them. I went to Saks last week Mm -hmm. with Kay Mm -hmm. Loves Perfume. Uh I'm just throwing her in there too because she's got a YouTube channel and Instagram. But, uh, yeah, I got to smell their whole line. I want to get the uh, bewitching uh, Yasmin, Yasmin next. Mm-hmm. Oh. I have two fragrances that I've rated high enough that I'm like, embalm me in this before I die. Mm-hmm. And they're both from Penhaligans. And one of them is Changing Constance. And what's really? the other one? The Tragedy of Lord George. 
Interesting. Is it good? I mean, the bottles alone are it. just absolutely Yeah, they fun. are. I really, really they want are. one. I just haven't had the chance to play around with them. And I, I actually finally got one. <laughs> oh, I actually haven't even tried anything from uh, MFK either. So, <laughs> Changing Constance smells a little bit like a spicier version of Love Don't Be Shy. If you've smelled Love Don't Be Shy, it smells like that with like added spices. Interesting. Okay. Sounds I don't even normally like gourmands, but I loved changing constants. Mm, okay. Yeah, it's gorgeous. I definitely have to try it out. Definitely have to sample. It's real. I have two bottles of it now because I'm weak. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they're not that big, you know, so, but it's okay because I don't know if I, if I ever went through one because I do have some other ones that are kind of in the same vein, so I should mm-hmm. be okay. Well, my thing is Penhaligans will cancel their stuff. And I'm like, I really, really like it. Oh, so I wanted to yeah. make sure I had a backup in case they yeah. want that one. Yeah, definitely. Have you guys ever had a perfume that you really, really loved that they canceled? Yes, yes. Well, so they didn't, they didn't like discontinue it, but um, it was uh, Stella McCartney and I wore it all through college. It, it, like people would smell me from a mile away. My husband still says that's his favorite fragrance of mine. Like everybody loved it. And just the, the Stella McCartney, the one that like has like that rose smell to it. The yeah. Black, yeah. The purple, that purple, purple bottle. bottle. Mm-hmm. But yeah. they reformulated it somewhere along the line. Yes, they did. Mm-hmm. And I see my friend Sarah Mays talk about it a lot. Do you watch her on YouTube? No, I don't. I don't. That was I, her signature scent for a long time too. It was so good. It was such a head turner. It was, it was, it's still my favorite. And I managed to, so I, I heard that they were discontinuing it. So I bought um, two or three bottles from Sephora. And when I opened one and sprayed it, I was so disappointed. I was like blown away by how, like, uh. it, it was just, there, there was an absence of scent. It was literally like within a few seconds, I couldn't smell anything anymore. And I was like, what is this? And I managed to find one single tester from, I think, uh, I think it was from 2010 um, being sold on eBay for obviously an inflated price being sold in Singapore. And I just bit the bullet and I bought it. And it's crazy how like it, it, it ended up being real. Nostalgic. Yeah. Huh. It's so nostalgic. I immediately sold all of the newer formulation bottles I had. It's such a big difference. And it's so sad. I don't know. I don't know why. It's like night and day, huh? Night and day, completely different. Oh, yeah. It's my favorite, but I'm I didn't so happy have I that happen with anything that I really loved. Like, mm-hmm. like, you know, so, and if so, I've been able to get like the older bottle of it anyway. So mm-hmm. well, maybe do I will do a reformulation. <laughs> yeah. Clone. Yeah. They, they could, they could redo that. Yeah. Stella? Oh my God. Yeah. I, I would be first in line. If you have, if you give like one mil mm-hmm. that they yeah. could redo <laughs> oh. it. So you would have to give up a mill of it for them to reformulate it. Okay. I'll, I'll think about it. I'll sleep on it. Yeah. Yeah. They're one of the few like clone houses that I've seen. They'll go and take like older formulations and recreate them. I know a lot of the other clone houses. That's right. You made me Mm -hmm. think about it now. Mine was Issy. Like it was my like signature fragrance forever. And I, now that I got really back into perfume again, I was like trying to find it and I couldn't. And like, it was like literally like it's like a not even a 30 mil mm-hmm. and I paid $75 for it, but wow. I'm going to ask him to redo it. It's so beautiful. And it was a Cody fragrance. Mm-hmm. So cheap. I paid like, you know, I used to pay like $5 for it at Kmart back in the <laughs> Kmart days. Cody. Okay. So Cody had truly lace and it was something my mom used to wear all the time. So I have like super strong, like positive scent memories of it. And Cody discontinued it. Mm-hmm. And Aww. I found, uh, you know, the, the house designer shake from like Bahrain. <laughs> yeah. They're big. Okay. So they have a big fancy like designer shake number 70 and it's supposed to be like masculine blah 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 and it's like it is almost a dead ringer for truly lace except it is like super freaking classy like classy af Interesting. and then i'm like well okay i guess i'm spending over a hundred dollars for 
<laughs> fragrance that used to cost 20. Well, if it oh, reminds, yeah, me, but it reminds you of your what, mom. But when you can bring the nostalgia back, it's yeah. worth the price. Mm -hmm. It is because I sprayed it and I was just like, it was like I was five years old again and we were going to go out for a drive in the country. Mm -hmm. It was just like immediate scent memory. And That's there's so this one fragrance that my mom used to wear and I cannot remember for the life of me what it is. And I have been like spent so many hours just looking through bottle after bottle from A to Z on Fragrantica to try to find the bottle. Mm -hmm. And I still haven't found it, but one day I will, inshallah. <laughs> <laughs> one day. That's so interesting. I mean, I don't, my mom was never really, she didn't really own very many, I don't think she owned any brand name perfumes, but she always had like the weird, like foreign foreign bottles of like a random jasmine oil or some sort of rose oil or something like that oh yeah yeah my I mom also this. sold for avon so oh, like yeah. she had all that little stuff too you know mm -hmm. the only one i remember the only scent i remember is the classic uh, olay that i feel like every mom had Oh, yeah. Was it? Wait, was it a fragrance? The Olay? No, no, no. It wasn't a fragrance, but it was just, it had a fragrance to it. That lotion. Oh, the yeah. That oh, white yeah. lotion. Yeah. With the black cap. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I used it too. I used it too. <laughs> so maybe I'm old enough to be your mom, huh? You do look young. I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty old too. I'm, not, I'm definitely not young, but I, I, it's, such, it's one that I love. I love that smell. No, yeah, like I my love mom. It too. I love it too. Mm -hmm. My mom, and I get this from her, is like, we're both sense, uh, prone to scent-based uh, scent migraines. So mm -hmm. she really kind of stopped wearing a lot of fragrance. So I kind of got more of it from my dad. My oh. dad loves cologne. Mm -hmm. And so I started becoming very sensitive. That's why to you a lot like of... that Forge. Huh? I know. Well, I'm also <laughs> like, I can't wear a lot of feminine scents because it causes migraines. That's so interesting. Uh, like, especially like white florals, like oh. the soapy white florals, like Dolce uh, & Gabbana yeah, light blue is agony uh, in a bottle for me. Uh, but my dad was like, well, okay, you can't wear this stuff. So come with me into the cologne section. We'll find something that you can wear. So it was <laughs> a really, well, it was a really nice like father daughter bonding thing for me mm -hmm. with my dad of like him finding a way Aww. for, you know, to include me in something I still really liked and mm -hmm. finding a way for me to still enjoy fragrances. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, that was really sweet and smart. Mm -hmm. It's not like I'm going to be able to wear Tommy girl anytime soon when I was a kid. I love to wear, I, I wear men's fragrances too, if I really love them. Mm -hmm. Like most of my stuff is like unisex or a little bit more masculine leaning. Like I still have some Chanel and I still have like changing constants and mm -hmm. like Calvin Klein euphoria for women. But a lot of my stuff is more unisex and it's just because I can't wear a lot of the yeah. more feminine fragrances without getting sick. Makes sense. Oh uh, yeah. Some, some scents make me sick too. Like sometimes a very strong fig note or coconut when it's too sweet will mm -hmm. make me a little sick. Like when it's overwhelmingly sick sickeningly sweet mm -hmm. but i do love sweet fragrances i love gourmands so do you guys have any like specific no-no notes like notes that you just do not like in a fragrance um yes. what's that clostrum or what's that one i can't think castorium castorium yeah this one <laughs> beaver butt so, like poop smells basically <laughs> it's yeah it smells like and it and then also uh it smells like embalming fluid. Oh, interesting. It's nasty. And civet too, straight civet. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Civet is a no-no for me too. But I, I feel like I'm a little bit picky. Like there are some things that I like in person. I really love cinnamon in person, but strong cinnamon in a fragrance, I just don't find myself wanting to wear or apple even. Um. I can't stand green apple in a fragrance. Like yeah. I, wow. I won't wear it. Casablanca is one of my favorite fragrances, you guys. And it's so good. I reviewed but it I, for the site and I was mm -hmm. like, it would smell very nice on somebody else. Just not me. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Another one is uh, cherry, cherry. I don't, I don't like cherry and fragrances. I love eating cherries, but I don't know. I just find that it reminds me of like cough syrup or something. Oh yeah. So have like you guys syrupy, have you had a like bad fresh. experience with a fragrance that's turned you off of a note? Like I've I think I told Jennifer this. I had a really bad experience with um MFK's BR540 X-Trait. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. or it just turned on my skin. Like my body chemistry just turned it. And it was like, I cracked the Tide Pod to get that shit off of me. It was so bad. <laughs> I was so desperate to get it off. I cracked the Tide Pod on my bare skin. That's smart. <laughs> and um, I still, I'm like, I am super leery about anything with an almond note in it now. Yeah. I yeah. Um, Civet did that to me, but then when I looked at my favorite fragrance, like, well, one of my favorite fragrances of life, uh, which is cocoa by Chanel, it has civet in it. So it's like, if it's very well blended in there with a lot of ingredients covering it up and it only needed it for like some spice of the poop civet, <laughs> then, okay. You know, then I guess, I can deal with it, but mm-hmm. I didn't even know what it, it was in there. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. generally if I see a civet in some fragrance, like if I'm going to blind buy it, which I do blind buy like 95% of my fragrances. So if I see civet, then I'll probably not buy it. You know, mm-hmm. I feel the same way. And most of mine are blind buys too. I think the only one that I've purchased that I had a really bad reaction to was Byredo Slow Dance. I know a lot of people like it. And I honestly, I can't even say why it just didn't work. It like, I feel like after five minutes of hitting my skin, it started to smell like manure, like fresh. I haven't smelled it. I'm I'm going to next time I go buy it, but I'm not. You know, people love it. Everybody loves it. I don't know what it is about. I don't know if it's like the cognac or something, but it smelled like freshly manured, like... (laughs) Uh, it was just bad. freshly delivered. Yes, yes, yeah. Freshly delivered and <laughs> applied. Really, really strong. Oh man, not a fan. Not a fan. See, that's interesting that you two are, you know, blind by. I am like the exact opposite. I would say maybe seven percent of anything I have is blind by, and like mm-hmm. the other ninety-three percent, it's like I've tested it and I tried it. But then again, like I do have scent migraines, so I don't want to mm-hmm. buy something that I'm going to have to. I like the rush of it. I like the rush of it, the feel of it. Like, I don't know what it is from the moment I buy it. Well, I, I review it first, like, you know, like, or I mean, I'll look at reviews and I'll read the notes and stuff like that. And I've gotten pretty good at blind buying fragrances. Alhamdulillah. You know, like I've not really been turned off by like maybe only one or two that I've blind bought. I've Mm -hmm. had, you know, but, uh, I don't know. I just, uh, the rush of it. It's kind of like gambling, you know, it's like a, a halal gamble. <laughs> yeah. I feel the same way. I love, like, I, I love waiting to see what it's going to be and unboxing it. And sometimes I'll set it aside for when I put my kid down to sleep. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'm going to take my time. And this is like my, you know, it's my, um, it's just, it's, it's my hobby, like blind buying. But um, I have had a, a few misses. Slow dance was one of them. And then another one was, Lolita land that was absolutely terrible <laughs> it's it's not bad but it was just so so like tooth achingly sweet that I immediately sold it but otherwise I feel like most of the things I've I've purchased I I do like but I'm also not I'm I'm not too picky about like I know what I like and I know that most of the notes that I'm seeing like, uh, I'll, I'll enjoy them. There are very few that, that I I wasn't, you know. You know what I do too, Mm -hmm. is I uh, end up buying ones that are so similar, but they're not listed like that on Fragrantica. Mm -hmm. And I'll be like, darn it. But they didn't even have the same notes. Like I had been telling people for a long time that like Florence smells like that uh, Rose's Vini. And it also smells like uh, that instant cafe, like they all mm-hmm. smell, and even Rose's Musk smells like instant cafe and they all smell so similar that really it's redundant, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. I get like that. And I'm kind of doing that now with a love, don't be shy. And then there's another one that I got recent, a couple more that I got recently that smell very similar to it, like benevolence mm-hmm. from house of Siage. And it's like, Gosh, and they're already expensive, but they smell so similar, then it's it worth it to have them, you know? Yeah, yeah. I find myself getting that way with like vanillas, like spicy vanilla or roses, but I think it's just some sometimes uh roses are so overwhelming that it kind of it kind of gives off the same vibe. So I have quite a few like rose forward fragrances that 
honestly, I probably need, didn't need to buy every single one of them because they all smell a little bit similar, but I mean, yeah. when you like something. <laughs> right. What's your favorite houses, ladies? Penhalians. <laughs> oh, My that's hard. Lawn. You say Guerlain? Yes. Mm, I don't know if I have one. Okay, what's the one you own the most of? Um, uh, I think it's between Dior or Galan too. Yeah, Dior I love too. Mm-hmm. Dior I love too, honestly. I don't yeah, have I, any Dior, and I have I, one Guerlain. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think Dior is what I started with. Dior, um, before, I, before I got into fragrances, I would just wear Miss Dior. That was the only one I owned. <laughs> My mom has this weird thing where she pitted houses against each other, and she was like, we do not wear Dior in this house. We wear Chanel. So I, like, I grew up with it, and I'm just like, I'm team Chanel, and I can't wear Dior. Oh, I just got my first Chanel this year as a gift, but I had never actually like went out and purchased them myself. But I feel like I I also did just recently get into fragrances this year. So what, what Chanel fragrance was it? Um, it was Coco Mademoiselle, and it was, uh, my husband gave it to me for our anniversary. That's a really good one. That one is especially like during spring and summer, like you can wear it anywhere. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I, I just never... I never took the step to buy them for myself because of the price tag, but it's nice to receive as a gift. Mm-hmm. That was very sweet of him. Mm-hmm. This has been so fun, ladies. Mm-hmm. Thanks again for joining I'm me um, tonight. So, <laughs> <laughs> thanks again for joining me, Sonia and Jennifer. Uh, also, don't forget we have other podcasts on the Fundamentals Network: uh, The Fundamentalist and Abash Book Snobbery, Beneath the Screen of the Ultra Critics. Obviously, Sartorial Splendor, That's Haram, and Ladies First. And if you like us, uh, go check us out on Apple or Spotify and give us a rating. Thank you guys again. Have a good evening, and remember to vote.